Are the expectations way too high? Where do we go from here? The only question, how long can it last? What's up, everybody? Welcome to Zero to 100. I'm Zach DeSalvo, joined by my co-host, Eric Padilla. We're doing back-to-back pods for the first time in a while, Padilla, man. How are we doing? Are we, are we ready for this to get the thing up and running again? Oh, yeah. Dude, we're ready. We got, we got so much sports that we can just talk about and just everything going on in the world. So, yeah, no, I'm ready to get this going, have these things out weekly now instead of every other week when we're not feeling hungover or something like that. (laughs) It's funny too, because I feel like, you know, we started this podcast when the pandemic hit, when there were no sports. Uh, And then even over the last like two or three months, and we've been kind of going closer to, you know, every, every other week, there's been a ton of sports. And now we're like, oh, let's crank this thing back up again as sports are about to (laughs) die down out here in the next like month when the NBA playoffs are over. So I guess that just means we got to come up with some more random topics, but yeah, no, Hey, the random topics. I mean, like you said, we did, we started this before, uh, during the pan, well, during the pandemic. So we really had nothing to go off of and hell we've been what over a year now yeah. doing this. So come on, LeBron, get that 12 part documentary out so we can cover two parts every week for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> So this week was basically fight week. There were so many different kinds of cards this weekend from boxing to MMA, UFC. And even I think that even the biggest fight card of the weekend was the TikTok versus YouTubers that happened last night. That Um, one looked like it was just insanity. Oh, dude, it was it was so cringy. It was, we had, we were watching UFC on one TV, but then it's like, oh no, we want to watch this too. So we just had it on a little smaller TV on the side. And so we had both of them going, but my God, dude, the amount of little kids that were, that were at this fight. Oh, really? I didn't even think about that. So yeah. So the audience was, was it mostly like, I'm assuming it was mostly like teenagers and stuff, right? It was. Oh yeah. They were just like little kids. Um, maybe some people probably not our age, but younger, like early twenties and stuff. But it was, it was just so funny because dude, they had, they had trippy red, they had Migos, they had sweetie, they had DJ Khaled, fat (laughs) Joe was even there to perform. Like it was so, it was just so crazy. The best part of that. Do you think half these TikTokers even know who fat Joe is? Like, (laughs) so this is the point I'm about to get to. (laughs) So DJ Khaled was performing. And so he had, he has a track that fat Joe is on. Yeah. And so he had fat Joe come out and, and sing. And these, these kids were like, not interested at all. They right. were all interested when trippy red was, was going crazy. I could barely understand what he was saying, but everybody was loving that. And then fat, not fat, fat Joe came out with uh, DJ Khaled. And these kids are looking at him like, who the hell are you? Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> and then, Oh, it gets even crazier because again, DJ Khaled doesn't sing anymore. Right. He basically just produces music and he's he on all yells these tracks. DJ Khaled when he has a song. Yeah. And so the funny part was like, he's playing super old songs, like super old songs that he actually sang in. Right. And these kids were just not having it. Like they were not, they were not tuning in with them. They weren't helping. Like usually fans are like, Oh, throw your hands in the air, do all this stuff. And, uh, 
they didn't do any of that. And then this guy goes into the ring and his music cut off, but he's <laughs> still singing. <laughs> DJ like, Khaled? <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure they have an earpiece that Probably. basically the music plays on. And so it helps them uh, kind of stay go, in rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Stay in rhythm. But the music completely cut out. And this guy's like singing and he would stop because he would like he would stop to where he would think the crowd would sing. And then he would say some more stuff. Stop. But he kept doing it and it was complete silence. Dude, I bet Fat Joe has never been. I bet he's never performed somewhere where people didn't know the song, like Make It Rain. Like, I mean, but I'm sure that those kids had no idea like that. If you think about how old some of those guys like hits are. I mean, man, Dude. that's. Yeah. And then the other part too, Migos performed and they were like the last, last performance before the, before the main fight started. And it was so funny. They were playing, uh, they were playing some of their new, their new hits and they were playing some of their old stuff. And the camera tunes turns to the crowd. And there's this dad with his freaking like six or seven year old daughter, just sitting (laughs) on his shoulders, just like dancing to this. I'm just like, what is going on? I honestly, I didn't even think about the crowd. I had kind of seen, um, you know, obviously like on Twitter, you see all the clips of the fight. I saw um, that Bryce Hall just got annihilated, which he's one of the few TikTokers that I know who that is. Like I know Addison Ray, So then I know Bryce Hall because of all that drama. Um, So it was as a guy who stands with Addison Ray, I'm excited to see that Bryce Hall got the shit kicked out of him. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was. Everybody loved it. Like he was, (laughs) dude, if you just go through Twitter and you see all these things, you'll just lose your mind because the other dude. Yeah. Who'd he fight? Was that, was the other guy like an actual fighter or is that like a YouTube? He's a YouTuber. They were all these guys were YouTubers. Like shit, there was even one of them was, uh, he was fighting for the TikTok uh, team, but he's a rapper. His name is DDG. And I was just like, I was, I was like, what the hell? They got a rapper fighting. And someone's like, oh no, he used to be on TikTok. And I'm just like, what the hell, dude? But dude, yeah, they even had, uh, I don't know if you know who FaZe Clan is. It's like a whole, it's uh, no. Ronnie James just signed with them. It's like a, it's for like video games. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Like I, okay. I the, saw they were, on, they were on the cover of SI the other week. Yeah. 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 Um, they have one of their like members fought and he completely knocked out this, this Asian uh, TikToker. It was crazy. Dude. But- I, it's so interesting that, I, but I would imagine that I'm sure that, 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 that event probably got a lot of viewers. Cause oh, it's yeah. just all the, the young kids that are like obsessed with these TikTokers and YouTubers that um, I mean, I can't remember what I, I feel like this was on, maybe it was on some like NPR thing or something like that, that I heard, but I remember hearing this weird stat that like 30% of young people feel like that they, they like trust their YouTubers that they subscribe to more than their own parents, which is like just these really (laughs) jarring things that basically just young people are like this. They're like obsessed with this. It's like, it's, it's the new thing for the, the Gen Zers or whatever they are. Dude. Yeah. But yeah, they generated a crap load of money because in in reality, like this is what they do. They they basically create content. Yeah. That's how they get viewerships. That's how they get viewers, sponsorships, fans, all this stuff. And so this this is what all this was. This was just content for literally all of them to just 
like explode for themselves on social media, for TikTok, for YouTube itself. Like it's, it's crazy what these kids can do, man. And was this the same? Oh, wait, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, it was just like, when I was, when I was their age, like yeah. I, was even, I was thinking about graduating like high school. I was just like, yeah, community college, like all this stuff. I'm just like, and then these guys are all fucking millionaires. Dude. I was trying to think of like the, the popular YouTube people, like when we were in high school or even like college, like the, I mean, like Jimmy Tatro was probably like one of the biggest things to ever happen in that sphere for people our age. I mean, who, who was the guy that would like eat deodorant and stuff like that? Oh, freaking shoe nice. Shoe nice. Yeah. I mean, like there, or there was like the guy that did the, um, like his fridge tour or whatever, where he just talks about all these like juices and stuff he's got. Like, I just feel like YouTube back in the day for us, which we're aging ourselves by saying back in the day now, I guess. <laughs> But it like really wasn't even that long ago. I mean, I feel like just in the last five years or so, like this kind of TikTok YouTube thing has like really, really cranked up. Oh, it it definitely has. And it's and it's crazy because like, yeah, these these YouTubers that oh, like Jenna Marbles, I think was on right, YouTube. Right. Yeah, there's too. another one that she that was she was big. big back then, but um but yeah, now now these guys are I think they're a little bit more creative because now they're doing they're giving away like money they're doing yeah. all this stuff like giving away gifts cars like all this crap so like well it seems like they just have more money to spend i mean who's the what's the guy that you that you kind of liked um oh david dobrik yeah him i mean he's always like you know like crashing teslas and doing all these things with freaking like uh bulldozers i'm like how are you affording this stuff like but they just make so much money they just like throw it into new content and they don't buy anything either. I mean, right. they just it's all basically, sponsored. <laughs> yeah, basically, like they'll give out, they'll give away a free car, but they make the money back from all the viewers, their sponsorships, all this stuff. It's, I don't know, it's insane to me. I, and it's crazy because I like think about what they do because this is basically their job. Their job is to create content and make videos. Yeah. Like, TikTok's what, like 15, 30 second videos. YouTube can be however long or whatever, but. Right. It's like, I can't, I couldn't wake up in the morning and be like, ah, what kind of video am I going to make today? Like, I'm not that creative. I can't do that kind of stuff. I can't dance in front of my phone. The dancing ones that. blow my mind. I'm just like, like at least some like David Dobrik, like you can say like, yeah, those videos are entertaining. He does funny stuff, like crazy party stuff. Like that's worth a watch. But like these dance ones, I'm just like, like I feel like Addison Ray is probably one of the most popular celebrities right now in the entire country and it's like she literally just dance like does dances that she sees on there and and people she's like hanging out the kardashians now yeah and it's and and that's like the drama with all them too is like one random person will create a dance and then someone else will take credit for it and fight and argue about that and so it's just like it's insane but I mean, that's what they have to do. They fight for content. They fight for whatever can get them the most viewers and stuff like that. But dude, yeah, I don't know. But it was funny watching these kids literally beat the hell out of each other. It was like literally like if I was in high school again. But well, and then maybe to swing it back to our generation, I mean, was the was the uh, Nick or Aaron Carter versus Lamar Odom fight also in the same card, or is that like a totally different? No, that one was just on Friday. (laughs) That one was on Friday. I don't even that looked like. They were in some like musty ass strip club. Yeah, like a basement or something. Like it was that. just so dim in there. And 
you see Lamar Odom's freaking eight foot ass. Just- right. I mean, talk about a money grab. Like Lamar Odom is like twice the size of Aaron Carter. And like, I mean, he just looked chubby and out of shape and he still like basically knocked him out. It's like, who set this thing up? <laughs> yeah. Like who thinks that was going to be a good idea? Like, I'm really curious on how much money they made because I didn't even watch that. I just right. waited for the highlights that you basically, you sent us the highlights of what was going on. Yeah. Like I just saw the video online. I was like, what is this? <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's literally what we've come to now. It's just like, dude, you want to make some money? Go, go box somebody, go box somebody famous. And you know, like Chad Johnson, when he, right. when he boxed somebody, he made a million dollars. Well, and it's crazy too. Cause like, I mean, Lamar Odom and, uh, Aaron Carter, like those are like, like C D F list celebrities. Like these are not like, at least these YouTubers and people are like, you know, they've got like tens of thousands of people that follow them that are interested in them. Like these two was, that was really weird. I mean, like Ocho Cinco is a popular name now too, but like, man, like uh, who even knows what Aaron Carter's up to. We kind of found out what Lamar Odom was up to and that was, was pretty dark, but but uh no yeah dude i definitely agree like lamar odom and aaron carter at one point in their lives were aaron carter might have been an a-list when he was for sure doing his thing when he was a lot younger and lamar odom i mean he was between like b and a i mean he played for the lakers he was a champion he right was chloe so they had their own show so he was doing really good but now it's just like now we're looking at him and it's just like dude you guys were fighting in a strip club <laughs> and for money like what the hell like like i don't know how they don't see that and be like what the fuck is going on with us right like like it's it's got to be a like a pride thing at some point where you've got to be like man is is this worth it and i and i say that because i think those guys still have to at least have a decent amount of money like would i hop in the ring with lamar odom for 500 grand and get knocked out like yeah of course but like <laughs> Like that's just because like 500 grand means a ton to me versus what it probably means to someone like Lamar Odom. So I'm, I'm a little surprised to see them kind of, you know, drop stoop to that level, but, but who knows, maybe they're, maybe Aaron Carter is struggling for money. I don't really know what he's been up to. Uh, I think he's still making music. Is he really? <laughs> he might be. I have no idea. I think doesn't uh, a couple of our friends like have his phone number and FaceTime him a lot. So maybe oh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get out. them on the pod and they can tell us what Aaron Carter has been up to. Yeah. We can ask the Kyos. Apparently yeah. he's, he loves Kyos and <laughs> I've actually, I've seen them. I've seen, I've seen them it FaceTime. too. Yeah. Where yeah it's and, like, it's real. Yeah. And he's good. legit sitting there talking to him just like, but it's just weird. I'm just like, what? It's just like Aaron Carter just came out of nowhere. And it's like, Oh, Lamar Odom, Aaron Carter boxing match yeah it's definitely the match between a couple people you haven't heard of in years yeah which i mean shit it would have been cooler when they were their a list b list celebrities because one was a kid the other one was this grown adult i'd much rather watch that than what they did on friday (laughs) maybe maybe that'll be kind of a new trend now let's see if we can start getting some active nba players fighting uh the next up and coming we can get like lebron james versus Jaden or something like that we pro- we're probably going to get Kwame Brown versus Matt Barnes and <laughs> yeah, Steven that, Jackson yeah. instead. Uh, now that that would draw some hype for sure. Maybe I, oh, I'd people would definitely one. pay for that. Like I'd be interested maybe in th- maybe even throw in Stephen A versus Kwame Brown. Oh, th- I would definitely pay for that because based think, on those videos we saw of Stephen A boxing with his trainer, <laughs> <it looks laughs> like he's not very good. 
Um, I don't know, man. It's the, uh, it's the content business. And here we are just a couple of scrubs with our measly little podcast trying to make a quick buck, but I know we're, we're growing. We'll get there eventually. We'll have to, we'll have to have one segment where we just do a live boxing event and just beat the shit out of each other. Maybe that'll right, get us We're going to have to throw you in the ring with someone. Well, it looks like Noki wants to sign up. Noki's next <laughs> for the fight. <laughs> Okay, Padilla, so we are kind of cranking on the NBA playoffs. I think when we all, our last pod, we basically had given our predictions for the second round. And I, I think some of them we hit on, I, some of them we had, maybe let's start where we missed. And I know both of us were high on the nuggets and it looks like my, uh, my boys and the MVP season is about to be coming to an end. They've got, we're recording this on Sunday. So Sunday afternoon, they've got game four tonight in Denver down 3-0 it just no one's ever come back from down 3-0 it looks like it's over damn you don't even got faith in your team i'm holding on to hope i haven't burned my nuggets nba title championship game winning ticket yet but we'll we'll see yeah i mean yeah i hopped on the the denver bandwagon but i mean from what i saw when they played portland i was like okay they have a chance but dude this suns team is still just on a streak right now even from that lakers series they're still playing amazing and it's i don't know it's crazy to me that they're up 3-0 i yeah. thought denver could at least pulled one hell maybe they do it today yeah i would think i mean god i i kind of would like to hope that they can at least get one game tonight it's always tough to finish the sweep especially on the road um so you've got to think that maybe denver's got something in them they still haven't really gotten a great night from anyone other than the joker but Man, I think this is, I think it's another, it's like the last nail in the coffin from the bubble. I mean, this is the last team from the bubble last year that had made a conference finals that now was trying to flip the season around and keep going. And uh, I mean, I think injuries definitely caught up with them and they, they just look pretty gassed too. I think it's, it just is all kind of coming tumbling down. Yeah, you can, you can tell that the, the energy is kind of like just going away. They, yeah. Literally, they're exhausted. Um, I'm surprised Joker's still able to put put up these crazy numbers because he's doing everything for that team. Yeah, I mean, he had, what, 30, I think 35, 20, and 10 in game three. Yeah. So it's like the dude is literally a monster just doing he's, everything. Yeah, he's insane. And it just sucks that his team is basically just gassed. And so they're not, they're not playing very well. I thought Michael Porter Jr. would have been the X factor. And, and he's seen, hurt too. He's yeah, another he, one that doesn't look the same since he tweaked his back in game one yeah and he just like because it was the what it was game six of the portland series where he like where had he went a, off a, yeah, yeah and so i thought that was just going to carry over but yeah like you said the back injury just seems to kind of get him and then i mean will barton being back is is nice for denver but i just i don't think it's enough yeah i mean i think we hoped it would be a little bit of a spark plug and it, and it does help some, but it's just like, it's, it's so impossible to throw a player in like that who, I mean, he hasn't played in over a month. So it's not like, it's not like he only missed two games and all of a sudden was coming back. Um, it's kind of hard to in, <clears throat> integrate those guys into an offense like that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it was a, it's a good season. I've got to give huge ups to my boy Joker who officially was named the MVP. I don't think that had been announced yet when we did last week's pod. So no, um, the MVP reigns in Denver and I, I think it was much deserved. It was really cool to see him get that award. The t-shirt they made was had some interesting lines on it, but 
Oh yeah, that shirt was sick. I, I liked just, it, but the one that was funny was like it had all the things that people said about them, right? Said about them that were wrong, and one of them was like too skinny. And I honestly don't know that I've ever heard so, anyone say Joker was too skinny. So I thought that was like an edit because I looked at another shirt and I didn't. I was looking for the too skinny part on there. Oh, and that was that and it was wasn't. Fake? I think it might have been fake. I mean, I might have to go wow. back and look, but I swear I thought I saw another shirt. And I was like looking for the too skinny on it and I couldn't see it. Wow. We're, okay. We're going to have to dig into this. Uh, and listeners are, and we know you guys are big on Twitter. So kind of maybe, maybe uncover this for us as well, if you're able to hear, see anything, but that's a good, uh, that's a good catch. I wonder if it was, cause yeah, that seems just a, like a really weird thing to put on the shirt. For yeah. Me. Cause he was, he was fat. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. I was just like, dude, this guy, even when he, like when he first got to Denver, he was like this pretty chubby center he pretty much has been until like the pandemic is when he really is what got him into shape i mean even um like go, it, when he came into the bubble last year is when he had lost all that weight and kind of looked a lot different yeah um but so they're down 3-0 they play what in a, a few hours a couple or, hours yeah yeah um would you rather just the series end today or would you want them to win one game, but then most likely the next game it's over? I think for their fans, I'd, I'd like to see them get the game, at least get one in Denver. Cause like you never want to go out getting swept. I feel like that's just, I mean, like embarrassment is part of it, but um, I would love to see them get one game, maybe get their guys going, make it a tough uh, closeout game five in Phoenix. Um, Partially just because it's man, those Phoenix fans are some of the best. Like the the crowd there is just awesome. I, it's been awesome to see crowds back, but like those fans specifically, I feel like are crazy. I mean, it, it's been a pretty great week for fat people and dad bod people like us because you got Joker winning the MVP. You got that kid in the crowd in Phoenix in Game Two who just like the kind of chubby kid that ripped his shirt off. And yeah, everyone loved him. It's like, dude, I, you'd there's nothing better than a, than a chubby kid ripping the shirt off and going crazy. Like it was a good week. I feel like yeah, it's a, it's a fat boy summer. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I'm, uh, I'm definitely hope I, I want him to get a win no matter what. I, I, you know, at this point, like a win, I think would be great. And you don't, you don't want to cap the season off getting swept. I think I already yeah. had to deal with that with my heat. So let's yeah, let you... one of my teams exit, not being swept. <laughs> do you, do you have any bets riding on this? I have, um, so I actually, at this point, um, with the Nuggets seemingly being out, I am going to be hopping on the Suns and riding with them because oh, okay. my best bets, but this is my ideal finals would be a Suns and 76ers NBA finals with the Sixers winning because I have a pretty good bet for the Suns to win the West that has a really good payout. And then a really, really good payout is the Sixers to win the championship, which I placed like at the beginning of last summer um, before the season even started. So that one was like a really big payout. So I, that would be, that would be ideal for me, but I do like this Suns team, I think. And maybe we'll transition a little over to, to the Utah and the Clippers series, but I think a Suns and jazz Western conference finals would actually be the most fun matchup as far as, um, you know, just like, player matchups basketball i mean like donovan mitchell versus devin booker 
Aiton versus Rudy Gobert. Um, you know, if you get Conley healthy for the Jazz, you'd get kind of the old point guards and Mike Conley and Chris Paul. I think it would be a really, really fun uh, couple series. But let's talk about the Clippers a little bit. What do you think? I think for this one, we were split. I know you went with the Clippers. I switched over to the Jazz kind of last minute more just for the sake of it. But what do you think about this series, Padilla? Oh, dude, I was like, I was over with this series. I was just like, damn, they're down 2-0. I'm just like, it's just like Clippers fashion. But um, I completely missed the game. I forgot that it was even on yesterday. Yeah. But um, I went back and kind of watched some highlights, looked at the stats, and it's, it's got, for me, the only way that the Clippers actually win this series is if Kawhi and Paul George are consistent the next game, the next uh, right three three games, whatever amount of games they need to get to three more. To win yeah, need- yeah, because they both shot like fifty percent yesterday. Um, PG was like six of ten from three, so he was knocking down his shots. But it's Paul George, and he's <laughs> he's literally shown the last couple years that he's just inconsistent when it comes to. He had 31. It was his first 30 point playoff game ever, which is really surprising because. Oh, really? Yeah. I, at least I, well, I'm almost positive of that. Maybe it was with the Clippers, but I'm almost positive. Okay. Because I, I mean, say- just, I can't think of any good playoff games he's had since pretty much like those Pacers Miami series. Yeah. That's the, that's the only series that I can think of to where like, maybe he had like a couple 30 point games in that. Cause it was like, yeah. What? Two, three years that they were battling basically. Right. But even, but back then, I mean, you think about that, that's like eight years ago. So he's, he's a lot younger and the games were just not as high scoring back then. Like those were some really good kind of defensive battles. So maybe he never really hit those kind of high 30 point games. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, I mean, that's a stat line, especially for PG. I mean, it makes sense, but um, dude, yeah, I don't, Donovan Mitchell is insane. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's so good. I mean, I don't know what's going on between him and D Wade, but sounds like since it D hurts, Wade but it's, there. it's happening. <laughs> I mean, it, he gets he gets the D Wade comparison so much, um, and it it is kind of like does kind of remind you of like the 2006 Heat team that D Wade kind of led to the championship. But um, yeah, I mean, he's just he's a better three point shooter than Wade ever was, and he's just really, really good at kind of getting to his spots. I mean, the Clippers are supposed to be a really good defense and they just have not been able to, this is the second series in a row where they are up against, you know, these great star players who they just can't really, I mean, they gave Luca like one tough game, but besides that, it was like, I mean, the only reason the Mavs lost is because Luca was the only one that could do anything. But it's more, it's not even like, uh, them trying to contain their stars of, of the opposing team. It's just them trying to contain anyone on the team. They're yeah. letting these players like, like in the Maverick series that uh, Smith Finney, he was knocking down threes and they just kept letting them shoot and wouldn't go out to the three point line to, to guard them. And now like Joe Ingles is hitting his shots. Uh, Bogdanovich. Is that? Yeah. Bogdanovich is hitting, yeah. hitting his threes. He, He's hitting his threes too. And, and Jordan Clarkson, he's playing really, really well too off the bench. But um, yeah, I, this whole narrative of them being a defensive team, I haven't seen it like in the last two yeah. years. And, they, and that's, the, that was supposed to be their thing was they're going to be the really good defense. Um, and it's weird. I mean, you have like guys like Patrick Beverly, who I 
he's kind of played a little more in this series, but I mean, he was pretty non-existent in the Mav series. Um, I mean, they're really like your boy, Reggie Jackson is kind of carrying this team. I mean, I think he had like 27 last night. Um, I mean, he's just been hitting three after three. He kind of, he was kind of the reason they were even in it in game two, because he was going off in that one also. So I, I don't know, maybe they got a big three in Paul George, Kawhi Leonard and Reggie Jackson. I love how you call him my boy. I hate Reggie Jackson. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just feel like you're always talking about that idiot Reggie Jackson. Yeah, that bug-eyed motherfucker. Yeah, but he's no, a, dude. He's, he's a looking dude. Yeah, but he's um he's shown out. Yeah, they needed someone to step up. <clears throat> you would think it would be Morris um to be that third person who can get you consistently like double digit points, but he's not playing very well. But yeah, Reggie Jackson is just He's just killing it. And like, yeah, you never want to depend on a Morris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't really like Reggie Jackson was obviously on the thunder and then he went off, they got traded him and he did his own thing in, um, in Detroit, but I never really saw him as like a three point kind of like a threat a little bit. He's not a, an amazing three point shooter in the NBA, but he's like proving it that he can knock down his shots. And it's, it's insane to me. Yeah. He's kind of had a, a resurgence that's for sure um yeah we'll see i think the i mean obviously they were in a two a two o deficit um i think that the especially in today's nba the the down two o thing is not nearly as difficult as it as it was you know 20 years ago um i just think with like how you know you can get hot and three-point shooting and stuff kind of makes a big difference and we've seen a ton of 2-0 comebacks just in the last five years especially like when you go down 2-0 on the road and then you come home and win two games like you're right back in the series i mean we we, we saw that with the dallas series but kind of in reverse i mean you lose two games at home but then you go win those two on the road so i i think that the 2-0 the 2-0 hole is um it's just it's not the series is definitely not over you know the clippers could could win their next game at home tomorrow night and be right back in it but i don't know did you have anything else on that series uh no but i do definitely agree with you like Criseni loves to say the if you're down 2-0 it's the hardest hardest to come back from whatever he likes to his... say that just to just to degrade the lebron 3-1 comeback but yeah we can we know his reasoning there there's no secrets on that but yeah like you said it's it's not as crazy anymore to see teams come back from down 2-0. Cause like you said, dude, they could just get on a hot streak and just win those two games and then basically go from there. And like, it, and you kind of expect it. Like yeah. the Clippers being down 2-0, I was just like, okay, they're about to come back. Like, win right. like you don't expect them to go down 3-0 going back home. And, but I thought the exact same thing for, for Denver and now they're down 3-0. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. I mean, yeah, Denver goes down 2-0 and you think, okay, you're going back to your home court. Um, you should definitely have a shot to win this game. And like that one's tough because they, they just weren't really ever even in it. I mean, I, I think that the, especially like this Clippers Utah series, like the jazz won, they've kind of won two closer games and then the Clippers got the blowout the other night. So like you're, yeah, you're down two Oh, but you're down two Oh and two kind of tight games. Like had even blown out two games in a row, then that would be concerning. I think the same with the that Clippers Mavs series when they went down 2-0, everyone was like, "Oh, the Clippers are done." But it's like the Mavs players just were 
had two super hot shooting games from three. And then you saw them come back to earth the next two games. And it was, the series was kind of different after that. So maybe let's switch over to another uh, series that has just been tied up two two. the Brooklyn nets were up two Oh on the Milwaukee bucks who have now crawled back and won a second straight game at home and forced the tie there. This series got kind of interesting today, Padilla, because um, we already had James Harden out. And I think before the game, Nash had kind of mentioned that he still has a little way to go to be able to get back on the court. But now Kyrie Irving goes down, I think in the third quarter of this game, um, looked like a pretty nasty ankle injury. I'll be kind of curious to hear if he comes back or not. Yeah, I mean, I just got an update on my phone literally while you were just talking about that, and it said Kyrie's X-rays came back clean. So okay, it doesn't sound like he did, and he just he just rolled it like really, really bad. Like if you saw that, um, the way he landed, his ankle just basically hit the floor. Like right. his foot just completely twisted. But yeah, this one's going to be interesting now because I don't think I think the Nets are smart enough not to bring Harden back before he's like right. healthy because I mean we saw that in the in the finals with the Warriors and Toronto when they did that with KD brought back KD yeah. and I mean his injury was completely different like I mean his injury ended up being an Achilles injury which was no one really expected um, but yeah I mean I'm really curious to see like the, the way that they go with this especially if the Nets lose, if the Nets lose the series, I'm really curious if it's, Oh, you don't put any blame on KD to lead that team because yeah, the other superstars were hurt or you get the other narrative to where, Oh, KD can't lead a team. And then you get that kind of stuff going again. Yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting because KD is kind of, you never really know what he's going to get with that type of thing. Like if this was LeBron, you know, he would get shit on for not, being able to like, you know, win this game that they just lost and then close out a series. Um, I don't know. I mean, this Milwaukee Bucks team is really good. So it's, I like the Kyrie Irving thing. It sounds like he's still going to be getting treatment and whatnot. So, I mean, their game five is in two days. So I don't, and you've got to fly and travel um, back to Brooklyn. So I, I don't, I mean, if, if Kyrie can't play game five and um he, I, th- I think that it's going to be tough for the Nets to win that series if Kyrie is missing more games. And it sounds like Harden probably, I don't think he'll be back for this series at all. It sounds like he's he's definitely not going to play. And I think if you're the this Nets team, like, yeah, you obviously want to try and win it right now, but you're not going to risk these guys permanent, um, you know, like long-term health just to go try and like win a series that you're down you know, two, three, if you end up losing on, on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. And so... I mean, if you're the Nets, you're kind of panicking now because yeah. now you got to figure out lineups and all this stuff to figure out what's going to work against this Milwaukee team who seems to get it, who has it together now since being down 2-0. And yeah, like the way the Nets looked um, when they went up 2-0, they looked amazing. I was just right. like, okay, they're about to sweep them. And the, and the Bucks just looked, I don't know, they didn't really look gassed, but they just... I don't like almost like as uninterested in a way. I mean, they just looked awful. Like they, I don't know. Some of their playmaking is just, they, they kind of did the thing that the bucks revert back to where they, they do a lot of like ISO stuff with Giannis, um, a ton of like three point shots from Giannis, which he's still doing. I mean, someone in that organization has got to 
sit him down and be like, like, even if your three point shot comes back, like you're, you can't be taking five threes a game. I mean, he took, he was one for eight in that game three that they barely won. And you just like, you can't be doing that on, especially on these like breakaway possessions. Oh yeah. And it's, it, it almost reminds me of like Westbrook when he's hitting, when yeah. he's shooting threes, it's like, okay, but you know, you're not really good. You'll at live with threes. it. I mean, yeah. yeah. Giannis taking a three is like the nets are praising the Lord every time he does that. Cause it's like, that is where he would gladly take that shot over anything else on the court. Probably. Yeah. And it just, it just seemed like Chris Middleton was having a rough first two games too. Yeah. I, I think at one point I saw like, I think it was in game three, they showed a stat that he was like either five or nine of like 39. That sounds about right from yeah. probably right before game three. Cause he was kind of hot at the beginning of game three, but yeah, but no, Milwaukee seems to be figuring it out literally right at a good, a good point because with this Kyrie injury, yeah, I, I really don't know what the Nets the Nets can really do. Cause if he's not back a hundred percent, there's no way unless KD is putting up like 40 plus the yeah. rest of the games. And even then I think like today, KD, I'm looking at the box score right now. He had 28, but he was, he was nine of 25 from the floor. So it's like when it's just KD out there, um, you know, it's a lot harder for him to have those like efficient nights because yeah, you like go throw a double team at KD. Like, will like if you're the Bucks, you will definitely live with Joe Harris or Bruce Brown or Jeff Green or all these other guys on the Nets that are you know, or Blake Griffin. Like, you'll live with those yeah. guys beating you, but you don't want to let KD just get 40 points off of you know like 17 shots or something like that. Yeah, and I I I didn't really I well I watched some of the game, but most of it I was listening to it on the radio in my truck, but. Who was guarding KD? Mostly PJ Tucker, who he's okay. kind of he's kind of figured it out the last two games. He's done a lot better than he did the first two. Yeah, because I was just like, I didn't know if it was Drew or if they just put Giannis out there, but I don't think they want Giannis guarding. Yeah, because they don't want to get him in foul trouble. I think yeah. that was a big part of game two was that when the when the Nets blew out the Bucks was uh, PJ Tucker got two really really early fouls on Kevin Durant, um, and he had to go to the bench, and then at that point you just don't have as many people who can guard him. So I think like keeping PJ Tucker out of foul trouble and on the floor, able to bother Durant has been a big part of these last two games. Now. Yeah. And the fact that PJ Tucker is guarding Durant and Durant's bodyguard is no longer allowed to guard <laughs> these games, I think yeah. is also helping them. So, yeah, that was interesting. I mean, I, I've never seen that before where uh, was that. So was that KD's bodyguard that got in so, there? Yeah, so it's his like it's his personal bodyguard, but he's okay. on the Nets payroll. Got it. Okay, and then so yeah, that was weird. I mean, yeah, because he definitely, I mean, he got in there and he kind of shoved PJ Tucker. So, I, I it's interesting because the NBA is kind of having a lot of these weird issues where like that obviously wasn't a fan, but now you've got someone from the team organization that is like on the court doing something to players that I think you. You just don't want to see. It's going to be it's weird to see how they handle those types of things. Yeah, that was it. Was it was just crazy because you see this big old dude just go yeah. up and just shove PJ Tucker, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on? And then it almost felt like I saw more bodyguards. Like, well, the guy almost more. like it seemed like the bodyguarders who kind of escalated it. Like they weren't really going to do anything, and then the bodyguard comes out of nowhere and kind of, and that's when it like that's when PJ Tucker really got pissed and 
and kind of picked up the anger. It seemed like. Yeah. If, if I don't know, I thought it was pretty funny. Like, um, cause they're both friends. They both went to Texas together. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and with KD, he loves to just talk. He loves to just run his mouth. So he's never really going to do anything, but PJ Tucker is probably not that person that you kind of want to do that to. Yeah. I think there's uh there's no love loss between those guys. Cause I mean, like those warriors and rockets matchups where KD was always going up against PJ Tucker. I think that as much as they were friends when they went to school together, I'm not sure that they're that good of buddies anymore, especially in these games. Um, so did we both have the nets? We both had the nets. Yeah. So are we also like both in agreement that if Kyrie doesn't come back or isn't healthy, that the Milwaukee will probably take this? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm okay. with you there. Or, or is that what you're saying too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I think it's just too much to, I mean, James Harden's not coming back. If Kyrie misses another game or, t- I mean, even if he just misses game five, then I still think, okay, now you got to go win game six in Milwaukee where you haven't won yet. Um, maybe Kyrie's not fully a hundred percent. I just, I think, uh, I think that it's kind of going to be trouble for them to be able to come back from that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I think at this point, I think Milwaukee figured it out. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they kind of got better help from their bench and their other scorers. I mean, even that game three that they barely won, um, I think Giannis and, and Chris Middleton had like 80% of the points that they scored in that game. So they finally got some support from their bench. Um, and maybe this is kind of a catalyst going forward. I mean, there was a, I did hear a couple comparisons um, to that, that game three Milwaukee win kind of felt like the 2019 conference finals where the Raptors be, had that overtime win against um, against this, Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Where they were able to kind of um, when they finally kind of figured it out on how to slow down Giannis and you know build the wall or whatever. But we'll see. I mean, I think injuries definitely have impacted this one, and it's unfortunate that here's another <laughs> series impacted by injuries this year. <laughs> all right, last one uh, to go through. We've got the kind of this has been probably the quietest series of all of them, but um, you've got Atlanta versus Philly, and I don't know. I, I think we both talked about, you know, maybe Atlanta could squeeze through this when it looked like Embiid was going to be impacted with injury, but he seems like he's totally fine. I feel like the Sixers have kind of figured this thing out. Oh yeah. I think, and I think the wor- the worry there too was if Embiid was going to be healthy and he looks like nothing even happened to him. Yeah. You, if he, you wouldn't have heard the report that he got injured, like you wouldn't even know that he's dealing with something. Yeah. And and I'm not surprised. And then at the same time, Atlanta Hawks just lost uh, one of their players. Yeah, too. they lost Hunter, who was like a really good defender, a really good two-way guy. So that's a tough loss for them. Yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't have any doubt in the Sixers. I definitely did say that the Hawks uh, could win the series. I'm pretty yeah. sure, I don't even know if I did say the Hawks would win the series. I think we both picked the Sixers, um, okay. but, I, but I know we both were like, the Hawks have a shot. Um we, I think we even said too that like if the Hawks could somehow get through this series that they could be a fun matchup against the Nets. But um, yeah, it's, it seems like the Hawks have kind of met their match. Yeah, the, the Hawks kind of look like they're a little worn out too. They don't have any answers to stop an Embiid. Um, and they just have so many players on that team that can just put up numbers for them too. 
Yeah, I think they've done a good job the last basically two and a half games. Because if you remember that game one that um, that the Hawks won, they were up. They had like a twenty point halftime lead, and then the Sixers kind of almost clawed back. But um, they seem like they've really figured out a good way to kind of at least um, contain Trey Young, and you know force him the ball out of his hands, force him into bad passes, um, at least you know keep his scoring kind of down to a minimum so he's not exploding on you like he did against the the Knicks and then how he did in that first quarter. So I think we kind of thought that was going to be key was if, if Trey young can kind of single-handedly do it. And I think the Sixers are just a really good team. I mean, it's, it's not anything against Trey young or the Hawks, but um, the Sixers just have way more talent. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, they, they're a scary team They're They really are. They got so much, they, like you said, they got so much talent on that team. Anybody, any one of them can put up 20 plus points um, on any night. And, and they're also very, very good defensively. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Like when I was watching the, the wizard series with them, the wizards, I knew the wizards weren't going to win the series, but dude, the way that they could contain Russell Westbrook and then Bradley Beal too was just crazy. Right. I mean, they've got, a, I mean, Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel are both really, really good wing defenders, like some of the best in the league. And then you've got Embiid in the paint is just, even if he's not blocking shots, just the fact that he's there kind of clogs it and makes it a threat and makes teams not want to go to the basket. So you basically got to hope that you can kind of shoot the lights out to beat them. Oh yeah, exactly. Okay, Pity, it sounds like the college football playoff is officially, well, I guess not official yet, but it sounds like um, it, it sounds like this is going to happen. The college football playoff is going from four teams to very likely 12 teams getting into the playoff, which is kind of crazy that um, I know both of us have kind of been wanting something like this for a while, but I don't know about you. I was surprised to hear that they jumped from four to 12. Oh, no, I was the exact same. I was just like, eh, they'll probably go to like eight. Yeah. Or four. Or maybe like six with a buy or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Like they would give like the the top two teams like a buy, and so the other four teams play. I was expecting that, and when I saw twelve, I was just like, "Damn, they're answering our prayers, man." <laughs> I think college football, the playoff itself, I think has needed this because, like we've talked about before, it's just like, dude, unless you're these top four teams like uh, Clemson, Bama. Who are the who are the other one? Ohio State, Ohio State, and then maybe like Oklahoma maybe, every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, some other or SEC Notre Dame, school. Like yeah, yeah, something like that. Like or Georgia. Like if you if because basically if you're not them, there's no way you're you're getting in at all. Right. And so now there's more of a chance for these other schools, hopefully in the Pac-12, <laughs> to get into this playoff and and kind of go go about it that way. And I know you're excited because now this just means less bowl games, right? Well, yeah, I think, I mean, that's probably one of the best part. Well, I don't know. So here's the thing, because it, it does mean less bowl games, but you're, I think the shitty bowl games are still going to happen because now you're going to be eliminating the bowl games um, between like, you know, the top, the, you know, the eight other teams that don't make the playoff. Like you're basically taking them and making those bowl games part of the playoff. So I'll be curious to see, because I don't like hopefully it does kind of knock off some of those bottom ones that are just not good, but I don't know. I think it's interesting because my thing that I'm curious about is like, is this really going to change 
the outcome that much. Cause like you said, those top, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, like those schools, I think are still going to pretty much always be, you know, your top four seeds. And it sounds like the first, the, the, the top four get a first round buy. And then the, you know, five through 12 is like kind of the start of the, of the playoff. So I'll be really curious to see how much of a difference this makes, or if it's still, you know, over the next couple of years, if it's still just like Bama, Clemson, Ohio state and some other sec schools still standing in the top four. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those, those teams are really never going to go away. Yeah. Um, ever unless they do some crazy shit and they get like the suspension and stuff and right. that they don't get, they don't get like basically like a, a playoff or a, or a bull bid or whatever they do. But um, yeah, no, this, I th- I love this. Cause I, now it's like, you kind of get to see some of these schools like like this last year, like a Coastal Carolina make right. it into there or like a Cincinnati make it in there and go up against some of these top teams to where, dude, it's just one game. So you could exactly. literally lose that game and move on from there. So, no, I think this is going to be perfect. I know we talk about uh, um, March Madness and basically like the upsets and stuff like that is always good to see. So I think – them bringing that to um, college football is going to be perfect. I think it'll be good for recruiting for some of those other schools too, because um, you know, before if you're like a, like a good pack 12 school that, it, you know, like say you're like UW where you you've gotten there once, but you still haven't really been able to get back. Um, like the fact that you can say, okay, well we just have to make the top 12 to get in. And it's yeah. not just those top four anymore. Cause I think beforehand you're like, okay, if I'm being recruited by Alabama, UW, WSU and Florida, if I want to win, like you're going to go to Bama because you just know that that team is going to be there in the top four. But maybe now that, um, you know, it's a top 12, like, Hey, if you're a, the sixth or seventh ranked team, um, you know, you get to play against like the 10th ranked team and then, all of a sudden you're against the three seed in the playoffs. So I think like you've got to feel like you've at least got a shot compared to before where it's like, you're just not going to get there. Oh yeah. And like, and like you said, like the UW is a perfect example too, because they're usually one of the top teams they have. I mean, they haven't been, I mean, they were good. I think during this whole COVID year that we had, but like the years before that, they were kind of not doing so hot, but they're usually one of the top teams in the pac 12. Right. And so if, so like now that there's 12 spots, it's just like, okay, if you like, it's, it's a better for a pitch to a kid to be like, Hey, we're one of the top teams in the pack 12. You can help us basically elevate. You can be um, the piece that kind of puts us over the top. Yeah. And we yeah. can win and we can win the pack 12. If you like come with us and blah, blah, blah. And then sneak into the college football playoffs. So yeah, I think I definitely do agree with you that this could help uh, recruiting for not smaller schools, but some of the, the top so kind teams. of middle tier. Yeah, yeah. In the conferences. So I the think the power five help. kind of middle tier schools, like the WSUs, the, um, you know, those kind of like the Florida's those kind of ACC schools that float around in there too. I think it'll help them. Yeah. And, and I, I know some people probably won't like it and basically go about it like, Oh yeah, this team basically like a fluke year. Right. Like, oh yeah. They went undefeated, but they're not good. They played nobody and stuff like that. But we've kind of, I think UCF kind of, helped that in yeah because like they beat auburn that one year i think in yeah. the bowl game and then um did they beat texas too 
I, there was one other one that, um, I mean, like, didn't Cincinnati win a bowl game last year? They were another one of those teams where everyone was like, oh, they didn't play yeah. anybody. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like almost every year you get one or two of those teams where you're like, oh, they didn't play anybody, but then they end up with a big bowl win. And then you also get one or two of them that are like, okay, like they got blown out by the SEC school they played. Yeah. But, so it kind of depends, but I but, think it's no coincidence yeah. that this came kind of right around the whole paying the players for their name and likeness thing. Um, because I think that like the money that this tournament is going to generate now is just, it's too big. I, and I think like, yeah. I mean, if you're a, if you're the fifth ranked team and you get to the finals, I think you'd be playing like 16 or 17 games in a season. Um, and I think at that point you're just kind of like, okay, this is, this is too much to not be compensating these kids. Exactly. I I feel like that's coming soon, which is nice. And there's no way that they can like say that it's not gonna, it's not going to help. Cause yeah, like you said, yeah, they're, everybody knows they're going to make a crap load of money. And so now the pressure really is going to be on the NCAA. Hey, you did this. You're making enough money to where these kids can now start getting paid and compensated for everything. So it's good. I'm going to be, I'm going to be paying attention to that because I kind of want to see how the NCAA is going to handle all this. Right. Cause now you're probably like this tournament's probably going to go out for bid kind of like the NFL does. I mean, it's not going to be like ESPN gets all the games. Like I'm sure that, Fox and you know CBS and these other big networks are gonna kind of want in on it because of how many games there's gonna be. So like the billions of dollars that this is gonna be worth is is gonna be. I mean, it's like it's gonna be March Madness on steroids just because like this football, the sport of football is so much bigger than basketball already, and now you're just expanding this into like an actual playoff. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. So I think the 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 shouting is gonna get louder for these kids to get some sort of payment. Oh, for sure. And damn, but I still think the Pac-12 will still figure out a way to not make <laughs> to miss playoff. it. Yeah, I yeah. did see. Um, I know that this was a weird year for the Pac-12 because like all that, like, you know, they only played like the six games or whatever. But I yeah. did see some graphic that was basically saying that of the 12 teams, I think USC was the only one that was even in the top. Were they even in the top 12 last year at the end of the season? I don't know if they were. I don't think so. I think there was, I think the PAC 12 still wouldn't have had a team in the playoff. Um, if this would have happened last year at the top 12 teams. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you dub was ranked. You did again, weird season yeah. because you know, half of the PAC 12, we were only going to play like seven games as it is half the PAC 12 only got to like four or five games. So, um, it was a pretty weird kind of COVID season that really broke it apart, especially because, they delayed the season and then we ended up like playing in the freaking peak of COVID. But um, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I would hope that this gives the PAC 12 a chance. Um, you've got to think that you can at least get a team or two in those kind of that kind of back end of it. Um, the one thing that I like is that the ranking is still done by the committee. So you can't really like in the NBA, you can kind of jockey for position at the end of the season. Like we saw this year, you know, the, the Clippers, throw their last two games they can be the four seed instead of the three seed um you you can't do that in the college football playoff because if you purposefully lose one game like you don't really know where it's going to drop you in the standings because it's not like you know a computerized system that you know where you're going to be oh yeah for sure and um yeah but i ended up with that too like with the whole um system and the rankings 
people are still going to be freaking out about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's this helps never though. Go away. Yeah. I mean, I think like I get before where if you're the five or the six seed and it was really close um, and you're mad that you didn't get in, like I get that because it's like four teams, but I just think if 12 are making it and you're the 13th team and you're on the outside looking in, like, I think people will be mad about it for a couple hours, but then um, like, it's going to go away pretty quick. Like at the end of the day, you're like, okay, well, 12 teams got in. Like, it's not like we were really like, I mean, it's kind of like March madness. Like all those teams that end up not making the cut, like we get a few years where people are like outraged about it for two minutes and then it's over and everyone forgets about it. Yeah. And I mean, and I guess too, the only way that you could really be upset is hell, if you have your top 12 teams are all like zero to like maybe one loss. Right. Like for all of them, then yeah, you could be upset with those kinds of things, but it's just like, that's never the case. We got teams that crack the top 15 and they're like, what, like nine, nine and three. And yeah, I mean, you see, you see a lot of three loss teams that still are in like the top 10 just because like especially you know those sec schools the big 10 schools like you're a three loss team but your your two losses are to bama lsu and then maybe you lost like a really close one against a rival or something like that so it's like you know what i mean like you you lose that one fluky game and then the other two you're losing are just like the insanely good teams in the conference so oh yeah yeah i like it i'm excited i think um it's 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 really cool timing too because i feel like this college football season is just going to have so much more, um, you know, excitement and hype and build up than the last, you know, the last couple, just because like, we haven't really had a true college football season in what feels like years now, just because the pandemic kind of took that from us. So it'll be fun. Oh yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for it to come back. Um, I mean, I'm curious to see what the Cougs do, but yeah, no, I mean, it'll be, it'll be nice to have, a, a normal college football season again because yeah this last one that we had was just awful it was just <laughs> yeah. awful and we'll have to get our insider uh Chrisenny on soon to kind of give us an update on what the Cougs are be doing for like fans of the game too because I know that they I still don't think they've announced if they're going to be having you know like a full stadium um and I'm kind of curious what they'll do for that because I know like they're requiring vaccinations for students going back to campus um so I'll be really curious to hear if that's a requirement that they do for stadiums or if they kind of how they handle that. Cause I'm sure that that'll have people upset no matter what the choice yeah. is. And I think, I think that's going to be the case. Uh, yeah. They, that they'll require vaccines to go to the stadium. No, I don't think they will. Yeah. I think, I don't think so either. I, yeah, I know they require them for the students to come back, but I think, cause they're already talking about how they're, we're going to be at a hundred percent capacity by, the start of the season they keep bringing that up and so right well i know the nfl already said that they're going totally back to normal so yeah and so and i mean we're supposed to be open at 100 of the month right 30th yeah so it's just like so again i'm not surprised but i'm still like kind of i mean not shocked really with wsu because they've done some pretty stupid shit in the last few years (laughs) but yeah i'm curious on how uh people handle that like especially the students like, Oh, I can't go to school because I don't have the vaccine, but yeah, all these people can go to the football game who you, I doubt are looking for their vaccine card. Yeah, no. I mean, that's, that's a good point because um, students like freak out and have a meltdown when the tailgate lots takes up parking spots for, 
you know, six weekends yeah. a year. So I can only imagine how upset they will be when there's a bunch of unvaccinated people that are able to just like freely run around campus. And I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure someone will be having meltdowns about that. So it's only a matter of time. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining this week. Uh, make sure to follow us on Spotify, all our social media on Apple podcast. Um, it sounds like some stuff has been changed in Apple podcast where sometimes you're not getting people aren't getting notifications when the pods are dropping. So be sure to search in that feed. We're there. Same place. We've always been. Uh, don't forget to check us out on all our other platforms. Padilla, any parting words for the listeners? Um, you guys will eventually have to follow us on TikTok and YouTube because I think that's <laughs> where the money comes from. So yeah, true. You'll, you'll see us on that. You'll see Zach and I doing some dances, crescenting in the background. We'll be doing mukbangs and all this crap. I don't know. I think we got to get with the times, Zach. Man, yeah, I've made so much fun of TikTok over the last year on this podcast that it's going to be pretty hard for me to, to go on there. But and if the money's calling, might have to. Yep. All right, everyone. Have a great week. See you next time. Later.